Hey everyone, this is Rob Beardsley with Lone Star Capital here in our brand new office in the World Trade Center. It's not furnished yet, I'll give you guys a tour pretty soon here, but I wanted to make a quick video talking about the differences between operational value creation and capitalized value creation. So I'm seeing different arguments or different strategies come up and some people getting confused about how different strategies create value for the property or for investors. So let me explain what this means. Uh, so first of all, what is operational value? And so I would define operational value creation as a way to enhance cash flow. Really, that's probably the most simplest way to define it. So that would be something like maybe, for example, we own two properties right next to each other, and therefore we're able to create synergies and reduce payroll costs. And that drops to the bottom line and that improves our cash flow. However, well, that creates operational value that doesn't necessarily create capitalized value. And what capitalized value is, it's actually adding to the assets value that you could then realize upon a sale, right? It's, it's value that someone would be willing to pay for. And in a situation where you have two properties next to each other and you're reducing payroll, that may or may not create capitalized value. The reason for that is, if you were to sell one of the properties off individually, then you had just created operational value but not capitalized value because the future buyer would not be able to operate at the same leaner payroll, they would underwrite higher payroll, therefore, therefore they wouldn't pay you the higher price. So no capitalized value creation. On the other hand, if you were to sell the properties together in a two-pack, ostensibly buyers would be able to underwrite, reduce payroll because they're buying both properties together and therefore you've created uh, capitalized value. So let's say you bought the properties individually, ran them together, proved that it was viable to do so, and then sold it at a higher price because of the capitalized value creation, not just the operational value creation. So this brings me to an interesting story where we recently had an investor ask a question about our underwriting where we had a big renovation budget to go in and renovate all of the units. The units are 100% classic. There's a ton of work to be done throughout every single unit. And what this means is, since we have such a big budget to renovate all the units, we're not really going to have any turnover costs. Uh, and turnover costs, if you're not familiar, are just the expenses associated with turning over a unit or making it ready when a tenant moves out and preparing it for the next tenant. So if you are instead of turning over a unit and instead of renovating the unit, you actually won't have turnover costs for the most part and you'll just be spending out of your renovation budget. So the investor asked, why do we have uh, turnover budgeted into our underwriting if we have this big renovation budget for the interiors. And the reason for that is one, it's good to be conservative, but number two, if we were to use a lower turnover number because of all the capex that we're doing, that may be accurate on an operational basis, but it would be inaccurate on a capitalized value basis if we were to assume that that reduced turnover would then be the way that we project our exit sales price uh, and that would kind of inflate the sales and inflate the return of the deal. So there's a few ways to work around that. You can adjust for the first year or two of renovations and have a lower payroll, and then in the year that you sell and the way that you actually calculate your sales price, you can use that higher or market rate turnover number, 
or you can below the line have an offset where you keep your turnover in the NOI line consistent, you know, above the line in your NOI consistent, and then below the line you could factor in some sort of, you know, turnover refund or something like that to get you back to more of a realistic cash flow. But these are some of the ways that we like to be conservative, especially early on in the investment because it provides us a cushion and a lot of confidence. We actually just ran through our quarterly reports where we evaluate all of our deals on a actual performance basis versus our underwriting. And because we bake some of these conservative measures in into the first year or two, uh, we're finding that we're coming out in some cases way ahead of our underwritten NOI and cash flow because of where we underwrote versus where we're actually performing as far as the expenses and revenue, et cetera. Hopefully that makes sense and I'll see you soon.